Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 33, The History of Shenmue, with me, George, and as always joined by Tom, Ryo Hazuki, to my sailors. <laughs> How, how's it going? <laughs> Finally found him, eh? Yeah. Um, well, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing equally as well. And they'd better sit down and buckle up, because if they didn't know about the sailors at the top of the show, Tom, coming up, we've got a Shenmue special. Not only a deep dive into how the game got made, but for the incredibly lazy gamers out there, a story recap. So they can tear into three, strutting around like they had Dreamcast back in the day and supported the game when it first came out. <laughs> like all the real gamers. Like all the real gamers. So, Look, did you have a Dreamcast when it first came out? Not when it retail? first came out. I got one on your recommendation. Second hand. Second hand, yeah. That supported CEX at best. <laughs> Well, Finster the game has done all right out of it, hasn't he? He has. He's got a yacht off of uh, Ibiza. Yeah. Anyway, once we've done the Shenmue feature, we've also got some... Have we mentioned the news? We've got some news. Yeah. Uh, in there, some Half-Life news. Whoever thought we'd be saying that out loud. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the listener Stingray, where we have a look at your gaming pickups for the week, dear listeners. And then we've the big man himself crawls up the drive. No doubt this week in a brown jacket. And there's some secrets... Oh, there are. Someone from Stingray's past has come a crawling back. Oh, right. Okay. Didn't know about this. So, I if you're a we fan of about... the lore of the show, better stick around. And I thought it was because we had bonus news. Oh, do we? We do. Very exciting. Anyway, There's a lot to look forward to. I can't really move on any further, Tom, because, like a board game, I've got to roll five to continue. What you've been playing? I have been playing uh, Death Stranding. A little bit more of that. I'm not quite as far ahead as you. I've now assumed the role of the lesser Thing gamer. Is, you've not done as many hours of me, but you're the pro gamer, so you're probably further on in the story. No, definitely not. You're further in the story, but your porter grade is is catchable. It's weak. <laughs> it's ready to be so rookie numbers struck at. <laughs> um, yeah, rookie numbers indeed. Uh, <laughs> No, I think we're both enjoying it a lot. Um, Definitely. Really good game. An interesting One that I find idea. Like... Sorry, carry no, on. No, you carry on. It's just an interesting idea, what you said last week, about it's very fresh to not just be out there blasting baddies and just straight up all action. I'm having a very intense gaming experience just running away from folk. Yeah, I think it gives the, the sense of fear and being chased and being outnumbered really well. Because um, it it kind of spoils those peaceful moments, but this is what that world is like. It's dangerous. It's it's a risk to go out. You can get caught in the time pool shower. Mm. Um, I've recently got the ability to build the time pool shelters, which are quite useful. Yeah, they're cool. Mm. Have you been into one of those yet that sort of sprays the um, container spray. spray? Yeah, that's good. Very. Luckily, cool. found one of them. So yeah, they they they're obviously done sometimes by the social side of the game where yeah. other people can build the structures and you can use them um what a great idea very good idea a way of integrating social gaming into a game for people who probably don't like multiplayer i think i can go with that what else you've been playing um i've been doing some more on call of duty modern warfare um i also downloaded terry bogard from um the fatal Fatal Fury. Oh, yeah. For, your, <coughs> for, for your Super Smash Bros. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
tried him out. He's pretty good. I don't I don't really know much about that beat up series. I've always been sort of a Street Fighter fan, so it's interesting to try his move set out and, and such. Looking forward to see the reveal for the final DLC fighter for the first pack. Who'd reckon it'll be? Um I think maybe Doom Slayer guy would be good. Scrinson out of Overwatch. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. One of the people. I'd love to see him in Overwatch. The the, the the woman with the pink sunglasses. Tracer. Exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. on everything. I suppose she's the poster girl of the of the game. A bit like you of this podcast. Mhm. 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 Is that what you've been the playing? The poster boy. I'm sure there was something else. Oh, so I got a couple of pickups um, for my birthday, which was nice. I received uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and Luigi's Mansion Three. So looking forward to um, getting to play those in the coming months. But I've got a big backlog, so. Mm. How's Fire Emblem going? Finish that now? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. What about Astral Chain? You've got that prologue finished. Trust me, I'm going to be writing the feature next week and it's going to be a good one. What about Link? You finished that Game Boy? Nope. Mm. I have a serious backlog and it's something we're going to be discussing next week. I don't, I don't know if you can even speak on the show until you've got one of those games finished. Don't you that worry. I, I need to ask. I, oh, okay. What are you going to ask? What you've been playing? Ah, well, now. So I've been playing some Death Stranding. <coughs> yeah. I'm a real hardcore fan of the Sega. Well, I'm a bit lapsed these days, but I went and got Shenmue 3. Been playing that. We'll get <laughs> With to the that. message I received, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> Um, pick that one up, day one edition. So I've got probably some capsule toys. I don't, I've not even looked at that scratch and sniff code that comes in there. Did I mean, you tell me you'd ordered the limited edition as well? No. Mm. You dreamt that. Probably did. I went that. to get the limited edition when I when I bought the Yakuza remastered set, which is coming in February. That's the one. I got. I it came up with other people who bought this bought this, and it came up with the Shenmue collector's edition with the shadow box. I was like, oh wow, yeah. that's great. Click out, stop. Oh, got it. To be fair, Doogie McBain, loyal listener, came on and he was he was fired up for getting the uh, steel book from Game, and then he sent a message back saying, "Oh, I forgot to pre-order, so I just got the standard edition." And as I said to him, "Trust me, CX is going to be wall to wall <laughs> with the steel books." <laughs> Let alone the special editions. <laughs> All the people that were like, yeah, Shenmue, yeah, I'm a big fan of Shenmue. Ever played it? Well, I've heard it's a good game. I pre-ordered the Shenmue 3 Shadow Box set. Like, really? Okay, that lasts long. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll wait for my Phoenix Mirror. <laughs> good luck opening all them drawers. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that game. Game changing. Uh, yeah. And the only other game I've been playing, and this is going to... little bit sort of thirsty for Kojima. I've been playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops, which is actually the design precursor to the Metal Gear that you told me I would like. Five? Yeah. Oh. It's got many of the similar functions on it, like the Fulton recovery system when you take a guard down. Oh, when you send them up in the air. And, and if That's I sh- showed you this PSP game, you would be like, That's incredible. Yeah. Even I was playing it the other night, <coughs> and I looked at it and I was thinking, yeah, this looks still... Even now, this looks tasty. I was really impressed with the PSP when I got one. Because I got one at... I think I got it at launch. You you need... To, did I say I was playing Portable Ops? Peace Walker, it's called. 
Yeah, MGS yeah. Peace Walker. Yeah, Peace Walker yeah. is an incredible game. The story, mm. the graphics, everything. Nice. And you get to you build up your little um, big shell as well. I think what I need to do next week is bring my um, Metal Gear Solid. It's like a book slash magazine. It's one of those things they were show and tell. From. It's like the last day of yeah. school. Yeah, show and tell. Bring some jelly that mummy's made. Yeah, and a board game. <laughs> um, I'll let let you borrow that and have a read through because it covers Why Peace did I Walker call as well. Mummy? Sorry, Mumsy. Mm. She's mad. She will be mad. Well, we better move on. I ain't finished yet. Okay. What else have you been playing? Death Stranding. Death Stranding again. Yeah. <laughs> so much I like it. She had me three and four blocks. That's it, I think. That's, a, that's not bad for this week. I'll put the effort in. Mm. Put the effort in. Yeah. Well, we've scoured the very darkest of the internet. I'll start that again, Tom. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get through the show back We're not quickly. on Stingray's boot yet. I feel worry. like I could have missed like three or four words and the, the listeners will still know what the hell I'm talking about. The news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up. Salty Seas. Seabound Soul DLC for Sea of Thieves is a free update this November. It's a story-driven mission pack. Loads of new items in the black market, including pet breeds, ship and weapon upgrades. That's interesting, Tom. Yeah, I... Luckily, got would the chance. I like that game. You would love that game. Would I? I don't. You're not a big fan of online gaming together, but I think if you'd have got on board with me, maybe even more so now, because they've added a lot to the game, and it's nice to see them still really supporting it. Did you, Did you play this when it first came yeah. out? Yeah. Was it Game Pass? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Again, yeah. very good. That very, is very really good, good. Um, <clears throat> and it probably did keep a lot of people on board. Because I played when, it. Let one question I've got for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. When they put a game on Game Pass, yeah, was it stay on Game Pass? Because I've seen like announcements where a game's announced for being on the pass for a while and it's off the pass. As far as I'm aware, I think the first party exclusives are probably just on there. For good. So they come on and stay on, and then yeah. some like second party games come and then go after a while. Yeah, probably a bit similar like Netflix. To, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, I yeah, I got on board with that. On board, uh-huh. um, oh. with that day one. One honestly for the Christmas special in Christmas the Excel joke. in the Excel spreadsheet, I've put down a laughter track floor pumping for <laughs> Awesome, we've got the budget then. No great stuff for him to authorize. Oh, he hasn't authorized it yet. No, oh, that's too no. bad. No. Yeah, I think as a as a crew of four, it's really good fun that game. Hmm. You okay. would love the sailing because you're into all that nautical stuff and it's like very I'm sure accurate. I'm sure it's very accurate. It is. No, take away the cartoon graphics. It's more detailed than like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, um, any other sort of pirate game there's been. Wind direction, compass, wheel, yes. rudder. Oh, God. Well, by default, Tom, I've ended up with this middle bit of news. Stadia stats. James doesn't like working Saturday mornings, I'll tell you that for a fact. The brand new Google Stadia streaming machine has had its stats announced for streaming. It will use roughly 7 gigabytes of data per hour and put out up to 1080p quality streams. Full stop. End of Stadia stats. (laughs) Yeah. He likes to spend his pocket money on a Saturday morning. Getting he does. The, finding out that you'd gone full diva around the back of the village hall and demanded another full work through of the script of Widow Twanky uh, is beyond me. 
Lionel Blair rang me off his mobile. He was like, he? yeah, look, George, I'm doing this as a favour. You know I'm legal and limos now. And I was like, that's, that's fine, Lionel. What's going on? I can't work with him, my love. I can't work with him. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, Lionel, just one more go. You know, he's, he's absolutely gold when you get him. I know he is. I know he is. It's all this stuff in between. Well, I try my best. Um, amateurs, really. Amateurs. I'm used to working with a lot higher class of panto actor. Ross Kemp's in it. Well, say no more. Lionel Blair's directing it. You would give the skin off your back to be in that situation any other time of the year. Lionel Blair would skin his own mother to make a drum and beat his own name. Well, I hope yeah, the man has an ego. I hope you've rewound, slowed that down, listened to what he just said, and absorbed it deeply and processed it. That's next level, that is. Lionel Blair takes the skin off his own back to make a drum and beat his name. Yeah. <laughs> Give us this last bit of news. What we got? A new life. Half-Life is back and Valve took to the internet this week to announce a new entry in the series. Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Is a VR title that will be appearing on all PC VR platforms. No PSVR info yet, but Valve did say they wanted as many people to play this as possible and remained elusive about a full-time switch to VR. This is looking to be VR's game's changing title. Mm, Retro Magnat hooked me up last night with a link to an interview with Valve. Okay. Uh, and we were exchanging some bibs back and forth. I was quite excited by that. Mm. So thank you, Red Retro Magnet. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm excited by this. I think what they did for the first person, shoot, first person shooter story sort of driven games in Half-Life 1 and 2 is incredible. If people waiting for Half-Life 3 be a keyboard and mouse console game, I... Just the way they were talking last night, I don't think they're ever going to do a normal game again. I think they've seen VR. They think VR is the future. If you've seen the trailer, everything else looks like a PlayStation 1 game compared to this. What, there is a trailer for this Half-Life game? White hot edgy gaming, Tom. <laughs> I it's know, a, I understand. It, it's a I'm tsunami not... wave crashing on the beach and you're surfing that. Battle. Yeah. I've, I'm not really a fan of Half-Life, so I couldn't really well, tell you whether... I've... When you go home, Mm. And mummy's doing you. I don't know. How's this going to work out? She's recording at a different time. So mm. are you going to put yourself on ice for a few hours? Funny enough, mumsy is actually making me tea tonight. Is it, <laughs> is it egg? No, chicken curry. It's a bit extravagant for you. You normally yeah, get a sweat a Saturday on. night. You get a sweat on with a Ginsters <laughs> spicy slice. <laughs> <laughs> the curry is very yeah, adventurous. It is what international you? tastes now. <laughs> No, Mumsy, I want a proper curry. No, not out that jar. I want you to carry the paste on a spoon from Mr. Curry himself. The world that you live in. Oh, Tom, exactly. is that it for the news? I think no, that's it. wait. Bonus news. Legal have been on the phone. Stingray is branching out. He's starting oh, a Kickstarter, he has, Tom. Yeah. He's come out with this, this device, this crazy looking thing that's like a, a USB and um, HDMI splitter so you can mm -hmm. take your stingray on the go with your switch <laughs> throw it down and you can plug into any TV without carrying the dock yeah is that something that all mumsies and dadsies are going to be buying for their little dwarf this Christmas or 
I don't know where it's going to be heard about enough, but it's a great idea. Mm. I checked on it last night. I don't think it's reached its uh, Kickstarter. No. It's not but it only came out a week ago. It's not Paul Deschamps music. The legal rang. Lionel from legal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen this? Like, he yeah. wants to stick to You it. need to change your character's name in the game because we're probably not as big legally as they are. So <laughs> could you change his name to Fing Ray? <laughs> I'll see what we can do. It's not happening. You're going to go double down on this? Like I said, we've got a, a ghost from Stingray's closet coming to visit today. Oh, you mean Quinton? No. Not that ghost from Stingray's no, closet? No, not, <laughs> not Quinton Baptiste. <laughs> oh, is that so good? You're right. How did we get to that? Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, Tom, how would the collected masses interact with us and tell us that we are the blithering donkeys of the internet? <laughs> you can direct messages on Twitter or Instagram or messages or on email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Like many of you do. Tom, before we go in, shall we do the bag? Yes. Let's do the bag. Because the Shemu feature is a tome of information, so we don't want to sort of fry the brains too much. We want this Shemu special to live sacrosanct. We want people, loyal listeners that love the histories of, we want them to be able to go back to this. Say Dugan McBain, he's sat there and he's like, he's having a poo. Is that fine? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's fine. And he's a little bored. He's like, I know what I'll do. While I'm here, I'll listen to the history of Shemu feature because I love Shemu. And I love the Unofficial Controller podcast. Problem there, though, we've talked about this before, like when you go to the toilet with the Switch, you kind of hover above a pile of your own plot for far too long, <laughs> really, than reasonable. It's where the men of the house go to get some peace, isn't it? It's amazing what you have to do to get some peace in your own house, isn't it? It is. I'm it on is. a toilet. <laughs> You've been on there an hour. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> Enough toilet talk anyway. Okay. Time so for the bag. Time for the bag. Major Tom here or not? No. No. He's off on recon. Is he? So mm. let's give the listeners... What do we want them to do? What do we need from them? Well, I think we should also mention back one of the loyal listeners from back in the day. Yes. Because he has passed his, um, his uh, shoot house... Speed trial, flashbangs, MP5s a lot. Oh, right. And he's back. Okay. Yes. Sir Don O'Doyle. He's back in Welcome the Welcome back. <laughs> Lapsed listener <laughs> returns. He, uh, he, yeah, so he's, he's passed his test with Captain Zilla. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. He's put him through his paces. This is He exciting. went hand to hand combat with Zilla, but didn't quite, he couldn't quite get the edge on the big man, but. It was enough to say, you're in the Inglorious Bar Stewards. Welcome back. Wow, so he's in, he's passed. He is, yeah. Passed basic training. So, Inglorious Bar Stewards, if you're listening, as most of you do every week, and we're very grateful for that. Very grateful to Please you. keep up your hard work promoting the show. Um, it really helps us out massively. Uh, where shall we send them this week? I think we need to target... The Game Awards. Okay, how are we going to do that? Who are we going to harass? 
We haven't harassed the celebrity in a while. Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley again. Jeff Keighley. Why, 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 why aren't you making a special award for the unofficial controller podcast so we can you know what he needs to do? You know what he needs to do? He's doing this so-called game awards. Where's the award for the best gaming podcast? Where's the award for the best gaming podcast? Subcategory. <laughs> Two male presenters. Multi-format. In with a, a fictional village. With a fictional village. And a character called Mumsy. I think we stand a good chance of winning that one. Patches in of uh, <laughs> nailed that. Damn. Yeah. Well, I think that's mission set mission briefing given. So just to clarify, we want them to harass Jeff Keighley and ask him why the hell we aren't nominated for our award. Yeah. This year. Exactly. You snivelling piece of trash. A bit too far. Dummy dumb. Okay. Well, I've never known a more inspiring and thought-provoking beg in all my days. That will rank down Tom as a classic. One thing that will rank down in the Unofficial Controller podcast annals as a classic is what we've got coming up next. It's the history of Shenmue feature. Welcome to this week's feature, where we talk the history of Shenmue, its creation and story overview. As always, you guys got in touch to share those treasured or not so treasured memories. So Shenmue, Tom, let's begin. So much ethos has been created around this game that we need to take a step back and look at its foundations. We can't do that, of course, without looking at the game's creative director, Yu Suzuki. Born in Japan, June 10th, 1958, making him 61 years of age at time of recording, he's a games designer, programmer, producer and engineer. A man who says he doesn't much enjoy playing games himself and prefers movies and visiting theme parks. You wouldn't, uh, wouldn't think that, would you? No. We we talked about this off air earlier, Tom. But uh, Yu Suzuki, I mean, we're going to go through his accolades in a moment. But in my eyes, a man that, I mean, th- this last week it's all been a buzz about Hideo Kojima. Shigeru Miyamoto is already always being lauded round as some sort of gaming genius. Yu Suzuki. Gaming God, not on anyone's lips. If you stopped a young spurter in the street and asked him about games developers, he's not going to mention you, Suzuki. Yeah, I suppose let's call him the thinking man's gaming developer. Hmm. You like that? Maybe. I think some of his hits probably aren't thinking man's games. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, let's roll with that for now. He's the the not-so... Niche go-to guy, is it? Here, here, hang on. Adam the Artist, this is something I need you to do. A picture of Yu Suzuki holding his chin, looking up in the air, and it just says, the thinking man's games developer. Love it. Yu Suzuki. He uh, joined Sega as a programmer in 1983. He created Champion Boxing for the Sega... SG-1000, a precursor to the Master System. Mm. The game so impressed Sega head honchos that they ported it to the SG-1000-based arcade cabinet. From here, Yu was greenlit to begin experimenting and he started working on a game we would come to know as Hang On, a game that surely needs no introduction, but is a motorcycle racing sim that in arcades and even in the game in question, this week as Ryo Azuki play in Shenmue. 
an arcade smash that's since been ported to every home console known to man. He uh, followed this up with uh, hit after heavy hits, Space Harrier, Outrun, Afterburner, Virtual Fighter, Daytona USA, Ferrari F355, 18-wheel Pro Trucker, Virtual Racing and Virtual Cop. This guy was Sega's outside of Sonic... Uh, this guy was Sega outside of Sonic the True Blue Skies. He was also head of AM2, Sega's in-house development team. Now, nice. all those mm. games there are literally every game Sega's ever done that isn't Sonic. That's true. This guy's prolific. Mm. Team Sonic make four or five games, he makes 20. Uh, although he wasn't, he wasn't like developer for every single one of them. He was producer and executive. I wonder producer. if he likes genuinely. I know it says he doesn't really play many video games, but he must have a, an affiliation for like racing. Yeah, well, I remember F Ferrari three five five. He was behind as the guy who wanted to make it as realistic as possible. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. good guy. During yeah. this time, Sega decided it wanted to expand upon Virtua Fighter, and Yu Suzuki was chosen. Fresh from a research trip to China for Virtua Fighter to explore the area and take inspiration, he decided he wanted to set his new RPG game around Chinese lore. That's um, I did. I just picture like. How nice it must be to be at that level of creativity where you're sent away to get inspiration. Would be very like cool, that. wouldn't it? Yeah, that is that is ace. Uh, originally planned as a Saturn game, it was uh, to be based around Akira from Virtual Fighter. The setting chosen to best represent his age during the story setting at some point during the transition from Saturn to Dreamcast. It became Shenmue or Project Berkeley during its transition phase as a codename. This also moved it away from being tied to Virtual Fighter franchise, prompting lead protagonist to become Ryu Hazuki. Now, interesting stats here. When they were obviously... We know and love the 80s setting that Shenmue got and lives in, but um, that that was an amazing little nugget for me. Like The only reason why they continue to settle that in is they've done all that work of having Akira. So in 1993, he's meant meant to be X years old, yeah, so they set it when he was 18, and that's why it's 1986, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then that stayed, because they'd done all that work, so then they built the story around that. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, that's very cool. Nice. Mm. The lengths AM2 and Suzuki went to to realise his vision of free, acronym, full reactive eyes entertainment, a concept coined by Suzuki to best represent his new game genre of RPG. He wanted the player to be totally free to experience the game however they wanted to and where they wanted to and do what they want. AM2 got to work putting his vision into reality. Mm, AMT f- AM2 focused on developing the game's world, creating a large open environment with mini-games and sub-quests. The setting is modelled on Wita in Yokozuka, Japan. The team worked with interior decorators to design more than 1,200 rooms and locations and created over 300 characters with their own names, personalities and relationships. Some modelled on Sega employees using detailed clay models <coughs> as animation references. Meteorological records of 1986 Yokozuka were used to create algorithmically generated weather and day and night cycles. Cutscenes are rendered in real time without full motion video and motion capture was used to capture the movements of real Budo, which is a Japanese martial art experts, to fit the deep material onto a manageable number of discs. AM2 developed a new type of data compression too. Wow. 
Um, I think uh, thinking back to first impressions of Shenmue One of that world they created, yeah, it was just fantastic. Like it just felt like a real living place. I, I was there. I got it on launch, and I lived the hype in all the magazines, and we were waiting and waiting. And Japan had <coughs> it, and we we're waiting and waiting for the UK copy to come out. When we finally got it, it, it I know it. Every time a new game comes out, you're like, wow, it's like magic. But the people had a routine. You could follow them. There was stuff yeah. in all their drawers. It felt like magic was happening in the console. Yeah, I mean, I picked it up a lot later when the Dreamcast was kind of dead and buried. Mm. And unlike me, usually I have to be on board day one to get involved in all the hype. And then it, it almost gives that game an extra few points on the review scores to me. Yeah. This was just as good an experience as I could have had, really. Yeah, I agree. I remember taking to my parents' summer house, took the portable TV out there, hooked up the Dreamcast, which I picked up for epoxy for £20, um, put, in a, put in a copy of Shenmue 1. There was some like wind chimes on the side of the summer house. That's beautiful. And it was just a, a gaming experience. Unlike any other. Unrivaled. Absolutely. Uh, this huge world, though, left uh, AM2 fixing bugs, finding hundreds daily. At the time, there were no bug tracking systems. Wow, really? Yeah. That's tough work. I know. So the team tracked bugs with spreadsheets. At one point, they had <laughs> reached uh, over 10,000 unresolved bugs. Can you believe? That yeah. game must have been completely broken. <laughs> Humorously, several of the game's non-player characters became trapped in the convenience store where they had gone as part of their scripted daily routines. <laughs> Suzuki's solution was to make the store doors bigger. The product placement of the Coca-Cola and the Timex brands also created problems as AM2 had to implement them according to the company's specifications. Thankfully, now removed in the release versions for the Xbox, PC and PS4, Suzuki mentioned his biggest challenge was management with over 300 staff and no personal experience of large projects. Yeah, I find that statement by him quite odd, because you, you think of the games that he's worked on, yeah. they weren't classed as big projects. Chimu comes along, and it's so, you know, he's literally overwhelmed by it. I, I suppose at the time, uh, and again, we'll, we'll get into this, the the myth about Shemu being an expensive game, wait till we get there, there's an interesting stat for you, mm-hmm. uh, that this probably was Sega's Biggest undertaking to this point. Yeah, I mean... That's and bit, since, maybe? Yeah. Very interesting, really, that he, he sort of found it difficult to um, cope or find it a bit overwhelming, but sometimes when you thrust that upon people, mm. they produce their best work. They do. Could be argued this is his best work. <coughs> yeah. According to localizer Jeremy Blaustein, Shenmue's English localization was fraught with problems, exacerbated by the project's scale. Suzuki insisted the English voices to be recorded in Japan, which greatly restricted the casting. Blaustein said we hired basically every single English-speaking person in Japan that called themselves a voice actor. These guys had less experience even than Tom, (laughs) and the scripts were translated by several people, creating consistency problems and arriving late, leaving no time for rewrites or proper direction. Oof. And I complain I've got it bad. Yeah, exactly. You, you call off Widow Twanky? It's nothing compared to the voice recording of Shemmy. 
Behind closed doors, though, they were feeling confident. Sager of America's Vice President Bernie Stoller exclaimed, I, I can't tell you what Suzuki-san is working on. Let's just say that I've seen the project and it's going to rock the gaming world. Mm, yeah. Shenmue is alleged to be the most expensive game ever developed of that console generation. Reported to have cost Sega $70 million. In 2011, Suzuki-san said the figure was closer to $47 million. Included marketing and development also covered some of Shenmue 2, which was uh, completed for a smaller figure, and groundwork for all the future Shenmue games they were planning on working on. This makes the game's budget that bit more believable and highlights Shenmue 3 minuscule budget by modern standards, but way enough money to recreate Shenmue in modern times with Unreal and other tools, but we'll get there. Now, if you think about that, let's just do the maths here. I'll have to take my shoes and socks off. I might need to wheel Mumsy in because there's some big numbers here. 70 million is what Sega said. Suzuki-san says that's, that's not true. It actually costs 47, and that's for... 47 million is for Shenmue 1, Shenmue 2, the foundation for all the other Shenmue games. Yeah. So, so that's sort of like 47 million divided by 2, like. divided by another 2, maybe. Yeah. It spreads up for money a bit further, doesn't it? Oh, anyway, definitely. after much fanfare, Sega released Shenmue on December the 29th, 1999 in Japan. November the 8th, 2000 in North America and December 1st, 2000. You remember it well. First Door of the advent calendar, slap bang wallop, <laughs> shemmy in my back pocket. Critically, the game did okay with an 87 aggregate saw, score. Some magazines and outlets praising it as a true piece of artwork. Others not convinced of the invisible walls and mundanity. Either way, it gathered a cult following from that point on. Well, doesn't that just sound like a game that's released recently? Death Stranding. Oh yes, I see what you're saying. Well, shemmy through. <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that we've had these uh, sort of games and they've gone on to get those quite big cult followings and um, yeah. and really become something special. Uh, becoming the Dreamcast's fourth best-selling game with 1.2 million copies, but at this point, Sega were in financial freefall and hemorrhaging money left, right and Chelsea as the Dreamcast flopped hard in the wake of Sony's PS2, Nintendo's GameCube and eventually that generation, even the original Xbox. Never has there been uh, more... Hard for well, we say hard for, and PS2 went on romped it by about 140 million consoles, or whatever it is. But yeah, at the time, you'd scrub away the numbers that got done, scrub away the price that got done. Nintendo's GameCube taken as a standalone brace of games, you would have a blast. Same with the PS2, same with the Dreamcast, same with the Xbox. Yeah, it was a good generation. It was. I think a really strong generation, probably in many years to come, will probably look back upon as being one of the the best ever. Agreed. It seems Shenmue's lack of success was mirrored by Sega's bigger problems, lack of a large enough install base. This is a topic for another story, but eventually Suzuki-san left Sega in September 2011. Suzuki left Sega to focus on development of his studio EaseNet. Mm-hmm. Suzuki still plans Shenmue to cover at least four games. Shenmue 2 was released in 2001 in Japan and Europe in 2002 in North America. But it was also a commercial failure. And Shenmue 3 entered a period vaporware with fan rumours and false starts, even Sega teasing with Ryu's Shenmue 3 number plate in Sonic All-Stars Racing in 2004. Sega announced a massively multiplayer online role-playing game for the PC set in the Shenmue world. Shemu Online. 
but it's just too faded out of an existence and was never made and in 2010 Sega announced another spin-off Shemu City a social game for the Yahoo Mobage mobile service but it was shut down in late 2011 I remember when I was researching I stumbled across this Shemu online and I was like oh yeah I, I think yeah I forgot about that I remember reading that and I mm. was getting all hyped but then I was super frustrated because it was like damn it this isn't what we want yeah I don't see this online fighting game for PC only mm. what the hell is this all about luckily like one of your post-dinner never noises. It disappeared <laughs> very quickly. Uh, at E3 2015, he announced a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to develop Shenmue 3 with Ethernet for Windows and PlayStation 4, having licensed the rights from Sega. The campaign reached its initial 2 million goal in just under nine hours. On July 17th, wow. 2015, Shemmy 3 became the fastest funding and highest funded video game project in Kickstarter history, earning 6.3 million. That's fantastic. What I mean, it's, it is a good age, really, that we live in, that projects like that can happen. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and hopefully people who put in a fair bit of money really get paid back and, and with the vision of Shemmy 3. It was released on 19th of November 2019, so we're back here at the present day. But before we discuss our thoughts on Shenmue 3, let's give you a story recap. Well, before we give them a story recap, why don't we read out the listeners' comments? We, we can do that. that, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. Let's do that it first. was hard to know where to interject them. You know, back in the day, we'd have interjected them in as we did the feature. And yeah. now I feel like we <coughs> should do them at the end. It feels right. Yeah, I think that works quite well. So why don't we do... Oof, we're about to set ourselves up for a really tough fall here. Are we going to do these as Shemir characters? I could probably remember... Let's do the game where we try and catch each other out then. Oh, the listeners love that, don't they? Who's first then? Well... Good old Daddy Zilla playing it safe. He's Ryu Hazuki himself kicking down the doors. Never played the series or know much about it, so looking forward to the episode. Thanks, Daddy Zilla. Yeah, Hopefully we've again. intrigued you enough. I know he uh, put out a little poster saying he can't wait for the show. It is coming, and obviously... Well, as you're hearing this, it's in your ears right now, but when it we is. saw that post, that was, in our eyes, a little while ago. It was. Go and figure we were that. just getting the finishing touches done to the That's script. That's called the unofficial control of podcast logic. Yes. It was in your ears, now it's in our eyes. Well, it was in our eyes, but now it's in his ears. You need to pen that and get that legal, line of legal. Coming up that. next, roundhouse kicking outside his food van. Tom, a.k.a. Sador Dono. I never actually had played it, but I know it's done a lot for gaming culture. I think I heard that it was the first game to officially utilise QTEs. I want to give it a go. But I'm worried I won't know what's going on since I didn't play the first two games. Don't worry. Loyal listener, welcome back to Dordono. We've got your back here because we've got the story breakdown. We have, we've games. got you covered. So you can swagger into GameStop <coughs> like an absolute player, pick up a copy of Shenmue 3, look them in the eye and go, I know who Ryozuki is. Tom, you're going to wow us with your knowledge. Who's Next up, it's person? the bandana-wearing street gang member, Ren, a.k.a. Ash's Games Room. Wow, you've done well there. I remember buying the original from a dodgy shop in Manchester City Centre. All the Dreamcast games were a fiver, but this was £10 as it was two discs. 
I was very annoyed as it was probably all my gaming money as a young pup, but getting it home and playing it, I had a blast. Mainly playing in the arcade and buying toys from the machines. Good times. Ah, very good. Hmm. Okay, that's Ash's game room. Happy, happy joysticks. Who are they going to be, Tom? Well, clearly Joy, the red-headed vixen of the series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, I think it is. I never got that written. She must be in the story uh, recap. She's probably spelled completely She's differently. She's in two, I think, it? isn't yeah. she? Uh, something about a popular motorbike rider. Sure, we'll get there. There you go. Anyway, Joy. Back when... This is Happy Happy Joysticks. Back when I owned my video game store, the Dreamcast sold like hotcakes at launch, but then cooled off quite quickly. So when I saw the original Shenmue, I imported a copy so that I could demo it on the big screen. Many a Dreamcast was sold on the promise of that game, even though no one could understand what was going on. The crazy amount of detail they put into the game city had everyone in the local gaming community excited to play the English release. Who's next? Uh, Retro Visions. Coming in, all dressed up in his silk dragon robe. Right. Landy. Oh, who's going to be Landy? Retro Visions. The big bad. Wow. I love the second Shenmue. Never had the chance to play the first one. That's very bizarre. That game defined my first year working at EB Games on my downtime. Could not get enough. There is a funny story about my assistant store manager and a lesson of what not to say when customers are in the store that relates to the second game in the series. But I'll pass on that since you're a PG podcast. By the way, when will the other podcast go up on YouTube? Can't wait for new listening material while motoring down the highway. Stay awesome. I would say there's a safer way to listen to this show other than YouTube <laughs> while you're driving down the highway. <laughs> One would recommend uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. We're even on um, CastBox now. Did you know? Are we? Yes, we are. With all the bigger boys. Retro Gamer Thomas, did you make Retrovisions land deal or did, I, did that actually happen? Did you... Who was Retrovisions? Landy. Okay, so you made him Landy. Yeah. So that means that Retro Gamer Thomas is going to be the kitten-loving Megumi Mishima. <laughs> now... Loves kittens as much as he loves eating hardware. He does. Now, do you want to feed... If, do you want to feed... Now, I remember this being quite confusing. Fish sticks or tofu? Hmm, it's a kitten. I don't know. Like, fish sticks are a bit dry. I could kill it. I'm going to give it tofu. Oh, it's poorly. <laughs> I should have given it fish. Should have stuck with my f initial thoughts. Retro Gamer Thomas didn't make those mistakes. He went straight to fish sticks. What's he got to say? I've actually only played part of the first one a couple of years ago when I purchased it for my Dreamcast. I've also purchased the re-release for my PS4 and I'm hoping to get stuck into that before the third one arrives. Well, you better pull your finger out your backside, Retro Gamer Thomas. And you're the only one that threatened to support Mumsy on the show. No one else is bothered. So this Christmas, unless something happens this week, Tom, I'm throat chopping every single character we ever invented, including you and I. <laughs> Done. Finished. The simulation ends when the simulation ends. That's, oh, really? That's deep. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into them as they're such iconic games. Tell everyone you have a Dreamcast one of the first games, first games I'll suggest is Shemu. That's absolutely right. Very Tom, true. Who are Patches in Official? Patches in Official, they are coming at us with. 
Master Li Xiaoto. Wow, okay. What have they got to say for themselves? I appreciate what it did for games in general, but because it was quite influential and innovative, innovative, innovative. with things like the day-night cycle, people having daily routines and large open environments, for example, but I feel it's very much a product of its time. And he played it a little when it was first released, but never played it seriously. I was a bit too young to appreciate the game as a whole. I tried going back to it recently as it was released on Games Pass, but it didn't hook me. I feel that if you were the right age at the time and played it, then chances are you do or did enjoy it. But for those of us that missed the initial hype, it's a bit too dated to really enjoy. That's from Hamish. From well, in seeing as the, you. uh, you've already made someone else, Landy, sending us to the bridge as the leader, or at least one of the higher members of the Mad Angels motorcycle gang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doogie McBain refers to himself as Charlie Grant. I expected a more badass name for that, but Charlie Grant will do. Dugan McBain says, Shenmue was released in Japan almost a full year before Europe, so I remember seeing loads of screenshots and hearing all about it in the magazines for what felt like forever. The wait for a release was killing me, but then it finally arrived and I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't get my head around how much there was to do. It was exactly like a real world within a game. From the moment I played it, I knew it was my favourite game ever. The attention to detail was phenomenal, and it and that soundtrack perfection I was more fond I was always more fond of Shenmue 1 just because it felt like it was part of I was part of the Yokozuka community Shenmue 3 has finally arrived and I love it it's not lost any of its Shenmue-ness everything just feels Shenmue if that makes sense it does certainly does putting on Shenmue 3 yesterday I felt a wave of emotion I'm a 32 year old man but I was transported back to being that 13 year old and wondering how it had been 19 years since I played the first I could talk about Shenmue all day, but this post is long enough, so I'll stop here laughing till I cry emoji. Dugan McBain, the level of comment from that young man at the moment has been stellar. If he hadn't been a champion already, He'd maybe in a year or two's time, he'll be a two-time two world time. A two-time! Two-time world champion. Before we close out the feature... We need to announce. Do you want to do that Yeah, now, we'll do that do you want now, to do that because... in listener's Stingray? No, because we've had the listener comments, we'll quickly just announce there's a, a new champion in town. Who is it? Charlie Drinks Tea. I hope you're still listening. Round of applause. I'm sure he'll come back He's to He's just us. delivered the flying tea knee to um, the current champ, Radbash Gaming, and he's just wow. KO'd on the floor. By the way, before you get, you get driven off in Lionel's limos on completion of recording... Yeah. You need to sign a page of the script so we can send it to Radbash Gaming. Yes, I will do that. Can you can you lower yourself down? I don't like way? sending out my autograph too much because it could be used. It's once a month. Okay. Well, to Charlie un- Drinks Tea, thank you for your comments on... Thank uh, you, ca- Charlie can, Drinks uh, Can Games be art? And we, I, I really like your comments. Well, he's a bit of an artiste himself, is Charlie yeah, Drinks Tea. He is. So, um, well, well done. Listen, they came... Because they're lazy, our listeners. They don't want to play Shemmy one and two on the PS4, <laughs> and they don't. Really... I can't say I want to play one and two again because I'm worried it will scare me how badly the age. You're so missing out. I'm well, excited. he doesn't. They don't even want to drive down CEX or GameStop or whatever it is to get themselves a copy of a Dreamcast in this game. They want to hear our take on the story so far. So, Tom, do you want to? It lead all on? kicks off in 1986. Yokosuka. Japan teenage martial artist Ryu Hazuki returns to his family dojo to witness a confrontation between his father, Aiwa, a 
a Chinese man, Landy. Landy easily incapacitates, incapacitates Ryu and threatens to kill him unless Iowa gives him a mysterious stone artifact known as the Dragon Mirror. Iowa tells him the mirror is buried under the cherry blossom tree outside. As his men recover the mirror, Landy mentions a man he claims Iowa killed in China. He delivers a finishing blow and Iowa dies in Ryu's arms. That was brutal, wasn't it? First time I played yeah. that, I was like, oh my God. Uh, swearing revenge on Landy, Ryu begins his investigation by interviewing locals about what they witnessed. He is about to run out of leads and a letter addressed to Ryu's father arrives from a Chinese man named Zhu Yanda, suggesting he seek the aid of Master Chen, who works at Yokosuka Harbour. Through Chen and his son Guazang, Rio learns that the dragon mirror taken by Landy is one of two mirrors. He locates the second, the Phoenix Mirror, in a hidden basement beneath his father's dojo. Mm-hmm. Shen reveals that Landy has left Japan for Hong Kong. Ryu borrows money to buy a plane ticket from a disreputable travel agency. Sounds like the one in the village, huh? It does. When he goes to collect the ticket, he is ambushed by Chai, a member of Landy's criminal organisation. Uh, the Chaiyu men who destroy his ticket. Ryu learns that the Chaiyu men is connected to the local harbour gang, the Mad Angels, Ooh. and takes a job at the harbour as a forklift driver to investigate. After he causes trouble, the Mad Angels kidnap his school friend, Nazumi. Ryu rescues <laughs> her and makes a deal with the Mad Angels leader to beat up Gaizong in exchange for meeting with Landi. Ryu realises the deal is a trap and teams up with Gaizong to defeat the Mad Angels. Ryu, is that the 70-man brawl? I think at that point, that is the 70-man brawl, yeah. That was that was good. I did enjoy that. It was good, that was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially when you were learning like your proper counter moves and stuff, where you'd block and then you'd bah! Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good game. Ryu arranges to take a boat to Hong Kong with Gaizong. On the day of departure, they're attacked by Chai. Ryu defeats him, but Gaizong is injured and urges Ryu to go without him, saying he will meet him in China later. Shen advises Ryu to seek the help of martial artist in Hong Kong named Li Shao Tao. Ryu boards the boat and leaves for Hong Kong. End of Shenmue 1. End of Shenmue 1. Uh, so here's Shenmue 2. Now this game, a lot of people say, oh, I don't like it. I, I feel uncomfortable. I don't feel happy. I don't feel safe. For me, that's how, it's made, that's how made, you're meant to make yeah. you feel. Yeah. You feel very safe and secure. and you're like Everyone <coughs> knows you, your dad and everyone knows your cleaner and everyone knows your dojo mate. Um, in Yokozuka and it's meant to feel like your local town you know people they know you is this Hong Kong no mentioning the cleaner has got me thinking was there a bit where you gave us some money or something it's like a really heart touching scene because she's been giving you a certain amount of money I can't remember that probably I'm sure she gives you like some allowance and she gives you money every day to spend yeah. on capsule toys yeah I mean food <laughs> but I'm sure if you like didn't spend a lot of it. You can give it, give us some back. Maybe when again. you get your job. Possibly. Anyway, arriving in Hong Kong, he searches for Master Li Xu Tao, the only link to the whereabouts of Yanda Zhu, a martial artist expert who sent Rio's father a letter warning him of Landy's intentions. When Rio finds Tao, whose real name is Xing Hong, she refuses to help, considering his quest for vengeance reckless. The two part ways, but Xing Yang continues to monitor Rio's progress. Ryu encounters Wei Young Ren, the wily leader of a street gang. Ren decides to help Ryu after deciding there may be money to be made in Ryu's mysterious Phoenix Mirror. Landy took the second mirror of the Dragon Mirror when he killed Ryu's father, 
Wong, a street boy who admires Ren, and Joy, a free-spirited motorcyclist, assists Ryu in his journey. Ren is very much the Han Solo to Ryu's Luke, isn't he? Yeah. What, uh, well, we'll find out what happens to him. Hang on a minute. I'm not in three yet. Ren informs Ryu that Zhu is hiding from the Chaiyu men in Kowloon Walled City, a densely populated crime-ridden enclave of Hong Kong. They locate Zhu there, but it's ambushed. Cool in that bit, that Kowloon. Yeah, they locate Zhu there, but ambushed by the criminal Yellowhead organization, and Zhu is kidnapped. Ryu and his allies infiltrate the Yellowhead, the Yellowhead headquarters, but Wong and Joy are captured. Ryu defeats a powerful martial artist and rescues Joy. On the rooftop of the Yellowhead building, Ryu rescues Wong and Zhu from the Yellowhead leader, Do- Donu, as Landy departs by helicopter. Damn, he got away there, didn't he? That, that is, ah, uh, that scene. So close, he's but just so hanging far. on that road. Yeah. And his hair's whistling, and he's whistling, his hair's whipping around. Is that Walled City, does that also include that area where you fight those different martial artists? And one is like really weird looking, and he has like. Um, yeah, it might be. Hmm. It might be. It's been a while since. Yeah, I, no. When me I too. was doing the research for this story recap, I was like, oh, I forgot yeah, about it's that. bringing it back, which is nice. I hope yeah. it is for the listeners as well. Uh, at Ren's hideout, Zoo reveals that Landy killed Ryu's father because he believes Io killed his own father. He also reveals that the mirrors will lead to resurrection of the. Is that the Qing dynasty? Yeah, go with that. Qing dynasty, the last imperial dynasty of China. Zhu advises Ryu to continue his search in Beilu village in Guan, where he says Landy is also heading. One thing I would say about that... Is this where the story... When I was doing research for the story... I'm going to say spoilers, but there is some spoilers, but this bit's never really been substantiated. So if you don't want to know, tune back in in 30 seconds. But I read some blurb yesterday that suggested that the mirrors actually awaken a spirit dragon and a spirit phoenix that will breathe down vengeance on the earth and bring back the Zing dynasty. Ah. So it it's always been on the edge of spiritual, but potentially yeah. it could plunge deep into <clears throat> sorcery and fantasy. We don't know. And that's I mean, what we don't know what we're dealing I with. I always saw it as maybe it will take a little bit of a big trouble in little China route. Not as comedic, but like the sort of dabbling of... I'm Jack Burton. I'm Ryu Hazuki. Who? Ryu Hazuki. <laughs> you... What episode was that? I was <laughs> Wait, yeah, you did the I'm Jack Burton, who? No, he's from the big from Little China. Who? <laughs> yeah, that. Where did we get to? In the mountains. In the mountains of Guilin, Ryu rescues a girl, Shenhua Ling, after she dives into a river to rescue a deer. Shenhua's family is connected to the legacy of the mirror, and she seems to have magical abilities. They walk through the mountains to her village. At Shenhua's home, a tree named Shenmu, Chinese for sedge tree, is in bloom. She explains that her name means flower of the Shenmu tree. The pair go to a stone quarry on the village outskirts to meet Shenhua's father, but find he is missing. They discover a cryptic note and a sword. Ryu combines a sword with a phoenix mirror, triggering a device that reveals a large mirror of the dragon and phoenix mirror. I remember finishing the game at that point and just thinking... They've got to be doing a sequel, surely. And then I'm just remembering and playing on a console I've picked up £20, which died a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but here we are. We've got that sequel finally. Shemu 3 is here. And you've picked it up. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've played, I don't know, 
be eight to ten hours. Oh wow, nice. Maybe a bit more. Uh, is, it, is there any idea on runtime how long it is? Or no, no idea. I've not seen any. Well, let's face it; it's not getting finished, is it? Shenmue Three is not the end of the story. No, he's come out and said that, hasn't he? Said there will be more if he, if it can be funded, and I think it will be. I think it's got a big enough because this game's going to make some money. Mm. We hope. Mm. Mm. You sound doubtful. Well, you know I'm a fan of Shenmue, but I can't see this becoming such a financial success that it'll pave the way for a sequel. I feel it's going to be nice to get a third. It's probably going to be a shame he couldn't have like wrapped the story up. I know it might be a bit rushed. I think he said like he really didn't want it to feel rushed, and I kind of agree. Yeah, but what's worse? Now we're going to be three installments into a four installment game, but could be five. He said it's always going to be. It was always going to be four or five. I just want to see if, like, if it starts to go down the fantasy route, it needs to give us plenty of time to get into that idea. Because for the last thirty years or yeah, twenty years, Shenmue's been a game about a Chinese, uh, a Japanese kid who does kung fu mm. with with detective elements. Yeah, with yeah. like very very slight shades of Chinese magical law. Mm. I think if we suddenly go down this like this weird world where. Ryu's riding a holographic dragon around. Well, I've got to say, you got me excited just recapping there, bringing back some old memories. Mm. And I think well, um, I'm meant to. I'm probably meant to talk to you a little bit about the experience of the game. Yeah, go for it. It it genuinely feels like Shenmue Three. I know you're like, well, that's a bit of a ridiculous thing to say, George. Yeah, it's got Shenmue Three on the box, <laughs> but it it feels like it. It's a game that has existed for years and we've never had access to it. That's how oh, it okay. feels. The way he walks, the way he talks, the way the stilted dialogue is. I mean, you could say it's an homage to the original. I know they had a tight budget this time round. Yeah. But it looks like... Uh, I'm sure side by side uh, with the original game, it looks far better, but it literally looks like you've walked out of the cave, you've carried on the story. Right. You know those sections of the game where you can see the walls of a, of a green area that yeah. you know you're not going to be able to surpass that area. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know you maybe don't want to, and you got more freedom than you had in the original uh, as far as where you can walk and how you can do it. I've chopped a lot of wood. Yeah. Uh, this will be for the listeners that have played it. I've chopped a lot of wood. I've ate a lot of garlic, and <laughs> I've stood in front of a wooden totem, squatting. Are oh, doing like the for days hand on combinations. End. No, no, no. Just the horse stunts. Basically, right. him looking like he's riding an invisible horse, right. holding that position. I always like, I like the martial arts side of it because the way you were trained felt like it was fresh, proper out of a movie. Like you've got to do this, and you almost like training montage. Well, that's very you, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all over that. I found the arcade yesterday. I was all excited, but it only had the QTE games in from the original. A Whack-A-Mole and a couple of other Do ones. we know if, like, the classics are in there? Hang on. I've tried I've tried on purpose to do to as not, little research yeah. on this third installment as I can. I have literally only know what I've seen from that PC uh, Bailey Village demo. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping it... it Go moves to different environments as well, like the old ones did. Um, oh, I know it will do. I, yeah. I mean, I've been having 
it might be my lack of patience or the fact that we've played a lot of modern games recently and mm. I know I play the retro every you know every week I'll have a go on something but this yeah. felt from it really does feel from a lost time yeah I, I've said this to you before I don't think you would like it I think the story is strong enough and the memories are strong enough for me to want to continue to learn more don't forget it's on air I've warned but you I think we I'm warning you we can go out and tell the listeners there's been a lot of modern stuff out since the, the original two. Please go in with imagine, that in Imagine mind. you're getting Shenmue 3 on a Dreamcast 2. That's exactly the experience you'll be expecting, and that's what you'll get. If you're expecting a game that's admittedly has its roots 18 years ago but since you suzuki sat down he's played a load of other games and thought oh yeah i'll in, I'll, I'll introduce that i'll introduce this yeah i'll d- i'll go with that i'll use this graphical none of that not, mm. none of none of any of that none of that the only quirks that they've sort of bent to to modern gamers is the fact that now instead of walking around aimlessly in game for a few hours waiting yeah. for someone to get home from work for instance you can press triangle on the playstation pad or whatever it is on the pc pad yellow uh, why it's a green button and uh you then fast travel or speed time round to the point yeah. in time where you can meet this person mm-hmm. so you don't like in the original shimmy if they said oh well you need to come back at four you literally had to walk up and down until <laughs> that time came around didn't you or Buy capsules for as long as your money or play arcade games for as long as your money would last you. Yeah. And then you would go, or hopefully enough time would have passed and you could speak to person A. Is that... I know there's probably a lot of people who hate the idea, but that almost felt like part of the game that I've got to wait. I've got to, I've got some spare time because that's how it would be. You wouldn't just... Oh, yeah. No, you, I agree. You wouldn't go down to the town and then think, Oh, I'll just go home for a bit because you've travelled technically a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would wait around, wouldn't you? You'd just go. I'll go play some pool or yeah. play some arcade, and yeah. and you just wait. And that's this game. That's what I'm. If you're one of the thousands of people that's like, oh, I'll you, but I've never played it, never owned a Dreamcast, blah blah blah. Don't get Shenmue three. Be the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life. Yeah. Get Shenmue 1 and 2 remastered on PS4, PC or Xbox. If you can get through them. Then... And if you can get through them, maybe think about picking up 3. But don't waltz in there giving it the Billy Big Boy. Oh, I love games, I'm Shenmue fan. And get Shenmue, get home and be disappointed. We have warned you. It's a game from 2003. Um, it's brand new out today. It literally feels like <laughs> a game from 2003. I think that's a good place to leave that. Okay. Tom, what's next? We've got a listener's stingray. When the big man makes a house call, you better be ready. These guys got in touch to show us their pickups from Stingray's Boot. You can too. Just hashtag Stingray's Boot on Instagram or Twitter or email us questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Well. And how would they do that, Tom? What do they have to type into their devices? First off, we're going to go on to... Instagram. We're yes. going to click on search. We're going to go hashtag Stingray's boot and make sure that's Stingray's, not Stingray. <laughs> First up, Sega Junkie. They've got a very fresh 
looking collection of Streets of Rage there. Oh, the classics. Two copies of two for some reason. Don't know why. Maybe because he likes it so much. Uh, and the two... Oh, one is the blue label variant. Who am I? What? What? Who am I? You're the guy who finishes the games. Retrovisions. It's not a Nick Home this week. It's a, it's a copy of Typo. Uh, mm. Godness knows what that's on. Tari 800. The Barbaroo Games, Tom. Well, he has been brave already and gone and got himself a copy of Shenmue 3. Uh, looking forward to finally seeing the next chapter of the saga. Well, we hope you've enjoyed listening. It looks this. like he's got Street Fighter 2 Turbo on the Panasonic 3DO. A man of impeccable taste. I would love a 3DO. Yeah. Uh, my Game in Space, a slimline PS2 with a handful of games. Nice. Hey, look at those games they've got there. Jack 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, great Devil game. May Cry, Lord of the Rings 2 Towers, oh. a great game, Ratchet and Clank 2 Locked and Loaded. And then some chelp to fill it out. <laughs> Friends, the one with all the trivia, the game on PlayStation 2. And junior board games, which, you know. But within that as well, a couple of official, clear PS2 Sony memory cards. And one that looks like it's got a Formula 1 card moulded on the front of it. Very nice. Uh, uh, ergonomic. Uh, Radbash Gaming, fresh from his defeat at the hands of Charlie Drinks T, he's uh, sort of... Man after your heart there, Tom. He's gone and got the guide for Grand Theft Auto Liberty yeah. City Stories. Soothing his wounds with some pickups. Um, Attacker Bram, Breath Ooh. of Fire 4 well on the PlayStation. Done, Great pickup. Yeah. Sharaban. 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 He's got himself a collection of the. Uh, Supermassive games there. Yeah. Man of Medan, Rush of Blood, VR, and Until Dawn. Yeah. Like your. Uh, up and around and fixed and better now, Sharaban, after your time out. Happy, happy joy. Hang on, Sega Junkie's got that oh. boxed, awesome-looking Sega Bass Fishing. <laughs> if you're going for a full PAL set, the collectors have now pretty much made it pretty firm that you haven't got a full DC PAL set unless you've got that boxed blue PAL fishing controller. Well, he looks like the man who has, doesn't he? Happy, he, happy he joysticks up next. So he's picked up uh, the Pokemon Sword and Shield Special edition Switch Lite, along mm. with the games themselves. Oscat uh, TV, panic over, here he is. Power Rangers, Celeste, and Killer Queen. Filling Black. out his Switch collection with even more. Sega Junkie, please. He's got oh, a Sega right. Virtua Tennis, a little tennis bag. Copy of Virtua Tennis 1 and 2. Copy of some, uh, a copy of Virtua Tennis with a Dreamcast controller box, special artwork. And he's also got some Virtua Tennis tennis balls. He's got some good stuff there, hasn't he? Game Boy Matty up next. Oh, I mean, look at that. That goodness. is just stunning. Something tells me his dad he's got, he's likes got, Shemu. He's got the Data Discs vinyl soundtrack. Fantastic. I always really liked that Xbox original box art for Shemu 2. Yeah, it looked good. It, did it look looked good. like a proper kung fu movie box art. Oh, the bit. music for the menus is the, the menu is the same. You know when you start. George, I'm just popping down Tesco. <laughs> and when I uh, thing is, I don't think supermarkets and stuff will have it, will they? I don't think it's going to be like that. It's not in the supermarket. It's in Argos. Is it? Yeah. Is there one of those nearby? There's one in Grand Grand Tanamo. What about Slee Fordian? 
Draw a triangle, Farmerton's in the middle of there somewhere. <laughs> it's the Bermuda Triangle, though. Yeah. They can't find us. A little bit like Narnia. You've got to push the back <laughs> of the cupboard, then you get there. Anyway, I think there is. There's one in the Sainsbury's. Oh, but I wanted, you know, when the Dreamcast, when you press the button, it was like, Dring! it kind of made a special noise. Because I've got birthday money and it is really burning a hole in my pocket oh, right now. I'm surprised you didn't just blow it all on Penny Tunes this morning. Normally yeah. you just spend it on the first thing you see. Harvey Retro, though, he's saving me because he's distracting me with this nice copy of Tomb Raider. That's nice. Timeless classic, this one, he says. I, I think we ought to read this one out. He's on again. Oh, I make the rules, I break the rules. He makes the rules, he breaks the rules. With his reign as champion, he's well, managed gonna... to... Last night, much like you, I went to relieve myself and took my phone and went through Stingray's boot. Yeah. And I got to this and thought, he's going to make and break for this. He's going to make and break. He will. And he's done it. Uh, Radbash Gaming, nice one, man. It's great to see. You're on the property ladder. I don't know where you were before, but that is a really... Gorgeous well, looking house. He says, my greatest pickup of all time. I bought a house, still unpacking and decorating, but super happy with this. We must say to the loyal listeners, if you hear any pops or crackles or whistles, it's, it's the it's the it's, it's the coal engine that runs the gaming PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the coal boiler for the gaming PC is uh we've got some cheap coal and it's popping and crackling all over the place. Retro gamer Thomas showing us a picture. I can't see anything in that. Is yours loaded up a picture? This looks like some black buttons. Floating in the air. Yeah. Dismembered. God. I wonder if he's... The real liquid chalk has got himself, hey gamers, a nice shot of his um, gaming PC. He's got two screens there. And a neon cactus, Tom. Yeah, I think that other blue light he's got there might be from destiny i don't know i'd have to get a destiny. no just these weird gamer lights that were all okay. the rage on instagram a few months ago. i like his gaming chair that looks pretty decent it was almost like you weren't a gamer unless you had those click together lights that go on your wall or unless you had the playstation oh, okay. lights it was one of those jobs stuck in the past lane it's that guy who does polaroids 80s are back. just for a moment just have a look how good that actually is because he's got yeah that's pretty he's cool. got He's got Slimer, Lego. Kaplunk in the background. He's got some. Commodore's greatest hits. He's got some classic Lego space climbing up the side of his ZX. He's got a Blue Peter annual. He's got space a Star Lego. Wars annual. He's got the greatest hits of the Commodores on tape. He's got a, a marathon bar in the front there. Sabutio, Slimer. Is that Wartman? I've probably already said Wartman. Put me new, out of misery. New Booter, XBM Network. XBM Network. I tell you what, if you're an Xbox gamer, and let's face it, there's plenty of them out there, Tom. If they're not following XBM Network, not only on Instagram, but also on YouTube, they make videos, you know. Oh, nice. And I confuse XBM Network because of their fine branding. I assume there was some sort of official site. But no, they're a fan-supporting site. They're putting content out there for people like you and me. Very good. They're getting exclusive first plays on games. I'll take this next one because you Hang are on probably going to... Oh. Lay down and praise XBM Network. Very good. Your one-stop shop for Xbox. Very good for Xbox fans. Okay. I'm happy Ash Games that. Room got hat in time on the Switch. A nice uh, like old school nod to uh, the 3D platformers from back in the day. Oh, self-absorbed losers. Here's a new listener, Daisy Newton 5. Looks like they've 
got themselves a host of DS games. Kingdom Highlights. Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. yeah. Art Academy. That was really good. I had that. Very good. A Tucker Bram. He's in. But he's been in. No. Sega Junk has been I in. I make the rules and I break the rules. Look how many PSP games he's got. Me and my Katamari, Gitaru Man. I mean, some legendary games in there. My Game in Space, True Lies, oh, wow. Arnie Classic. And look what Mega else Drive. he's got down there for a healthy <laughs> dose of retro. He's got himself a copy of WWF Superstars on the original Game Boy. Bet that looks... Panic over. Daddy's he's here. He's got Shooting Gallery on the Master System and he's got himself Masters of the Universe on the Game Boy Advance. Retro he's Gamer Thomas on. has shown his love for the beautiful Donna with a pair of these Converse shoes that have been custom-painted in the theme of the Stranger Things. That's absolutely fantastic. Retro Game Atomic. Yeah, or I will give what him that one. It's a loving nice. husband. Danny Plays, Sunday Pickups, Resident Evil 2, Minecraft, Xbox One Edition, and Final Fantasy Anthology on the PlayStation. Listen at this. Danny Plays, give us mere mortals a chance. You've actually... Minecraft is sealed. You need to steady on. Mega Retro Geek next. Uh, praising us. For praising them. She just bought Resident Evil 2 for £2.50, Tom. Bargain. Unbelievable. Retro Gamer Thomas, have you talked about his new grip tape? No. He's modded and improved. Probably at the, with the help because there must have been sharp objects here, so PCSO Kent must have done the cutting out. <laughs> but he's used some uh, skateboard grip tape to improve the grippability of his shoes on his PlayStation racing pedals. And we're back for the turn of the wheel. Is that the full turn? It is. Wow. Yeah. Funny how these things come round. Real Liquid Chalk, you didn't mention their copy They've been of in. Fallen Order. Been in already. No double dipping unless it's deemed absolutely oh, well, necessary. Well, Tom, that's all the dips in the boot for our listeners. Don't forget to hashtag Stingray's boot or email us for your pickups to be read out. Tom, this week... Oh, no, you've got the story. You've got the story. Well... What's the raving up to? Turns out we've had a new family move into the village. <laughs> and... You just, with that, you know, you've got that... Like lumberjack, blue lumberjack shirt on. Yeah. You've got your hair all up and your beard's got a bit of rye while you've been talking. You turn around, <laughs> turn around to me then with them rosy red cheeks. Like a homeless man. Like a homeless man. Please, sir. <laughs> May I talk some more? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, you may. So, yeah, we've had a new family move in the, into Farmerton in the um, in the sort of Dowager House, the house made up for, uh, basically, when Lord Ponselbury moved into the big house, yes, his mother was sent to the Dowager House, right. But since she passed away, it went up on the market for sale. Okay, it's been bought by a man they call Henry Warrington Smythe. Warrington by name, Warrington by nature. Turns out I did a bit of digging. Okay. Because when people move to this village, we are nosy. We are very nosy. Turns out he used to work with Stingray. Can I just say something? Yeah. Anyone who's sat there at home thinking, 
Why, 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 why do I watch this Downton Abbey nonsense when I can listen to the unofficial controller? <laughs> the Downton Abbey of gaming podcasts. Well, he's moved in. Yes. Turns out they used to run a bit of a thing back in the day on the on the videos on the on the pirate videos. Okay. <laughs> so Singray would go off to his villages. Yeah. And Henry would go off and do his. Was he known as Henry Warrington Smiley? Oh, Hen- Henry. 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 Not Henry. Henry. Not, not Hentai. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not Hentai. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> so Henry and Stingray would go off and do their respected villages. Okay. Stingray basically said, look, this, this can't go on forever. Right. I've come up with this idea. It's going to be very few years down the line when the tech comes along. We're going to release our videos online. Okay. Yeah. So early days of the internet, they got wind of, they were like, what if we could release our movies online? Anyway, Henry did a disappearing act and he, he managed to invest that money into a little known company called Netflix. He now lives off the, the basic interest and the stocks going up in that, in that company. So he became a stock trader. Right. He's pretty much retired now because he's made that much money from it. But the bad news is Stingray doesn't know he's moved here. Question. Yes. Weird. I love this little nuanced story through the journey that is Stingray's life and the introduction of yet another character that none of the fans care about. So he's going to be killed off at Christmas as well. <laughs> it's not. Henry Warrington Smythe. He's been promised a big part. Look, I ain't seen nothing. About Mumsy. I've not seen any Free the Farmerton one, none of it. None of it. They're all dead. Harry Warrington Hen- Smythe is Henry dying Warrington at Christmas. Smythe. He's dead. We'll see. Hitman came into town. <laughs> killed like You're allowed to pass, I'm allowed to pass. Henry Warrington <laughs> Smythe. killed him off before he sat out to do. So did Rolf! Rolf had done nothing that episode to anyone. And you're like, no, 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 no. I, I want think the idea of bringing Rolf need... Harris into the village was not a good one. Retro Gamer Thomas lives in the village. He's safe under the lock and key of PCSO Kent. Why can't Rolf Harris be out on licence? On tagged? No, not happening. Well, I checked the law anyway. You, you said <laughs> a hitman of unknown origin, of unknown name, of unknown height. Henry Warrington Smythe what is he? here for a while. Just so people have got a visual appearance of him. You're wear- Buffon, don't push it down. That's some big air, that is. Every week it grows by a country <laughs> yard. As the crow flies, it's a mile high. It's two miles <laughs> high. Um, so Henry Warrington Smythe wears red rim sort of glasses. Right. Like Timmy Mallet. Like Timmy Mallet. He has a pinstripe shirt with red braces. Like Timmy Mallet. Very similar. Okay. He has very bouffanty hair, more than mine. Way more than mine. <laughs> he must have scaffolding that follows him round in trailers <laughs> to support that bouffant. <laughs> so, as I was and saying... And he usually carries a filofax. He uh, was a yuppie in the 80s and it's never left him. Okay. We normally, we'd, we'd recently we'd adopted the routine of giving Ray something to do about the big game of the week. So anyway, just it resulted in a bit of fisticuffs down the wagon. That's what I'm trying to get to. 
two seconds ago, Ray didn't even know Henry Warrington Smythe had moved into the village. Keep it quiet. Yeah, yesterday he had fisticuffs with him. No, in the it was literally last night. That's what I was getting to. He didn't know he would moved into the village. Does Ray was... know he lives in the village? Yes or no? He doesn't know he lives in the village. He just thought he does it was now. He, he, well, he does now. Yeah, because we've just come out with it. It's our only listener, Sting Ray. Yeah. He just saw him in the. He just saw him in the pub, and that was it. Just straight. It was like it was like a, a, a level of streets of rage. Okay, listeners, if you've enjoyed twenty minutes of the Archer Stroke Downton Abbey, tune in <laughs> next week, or or maybe say something on social media about the. Is this the episode where want. we see the the listenership plummet? Well, due to my ramblings of the law. Well, if you want to get the listeners up, Tom, right? Mumsy's currently stood there naked, so we've got a naked Mumsy on the episode. <laughs> Gamer girls. Get nervous. <laughs> We've got Naked Mumsy. We've got SEX on this show. We've got Naked Mumsy. Retro- we better move on anyway, because it's time. Retro Gamer Thomas, we're still waiting for the picture. Finster Gamer, I want to see a picture of you on your Instagram with your hands clasped in a praying style, with you looking up saying, free the Farmington one, or save one of the characters from the village that you may like. What about Sensei Rias, Tom? He couldn't be killed, though, really, could he? It would probably take an army consisting of like Chuck Norris and Seagal, Van Damme, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, all of them to bring him down. Statham. Statham. He's too modern for right, us. How has Statham managed to crawl onto a pantheon that's the same level as Stallone and Schwarzenegger? How is he even there? I don't know. He's it's like, the modern day version, isn't he? No. I'd, I'd call him like more the modern day Bruce Willis. No, I don't. He's not that. Bruce is good. Okay. What's ja- Tell me a good film that Jason's been on. I'll watch it tonight. Snatch, Lock, Sock. Do no, not those else. ones. That's where he says the bigger boy words that the bigger boy actors put in his mouth. Anything he's done off that platform has been absolutely terrible. Okay. <laughs> that was easy win, wasn't it? Statham? Yeah, you're right. Time for a peek. Finally... Time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's left between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Bat for Endor for school? Salad Bros. This is the bigger boy theatre. These are the new release highlights for the week November 18th to November 24th, 2019. Listeners, these are out digital, physical, or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region dependent. Tom, have you picked a mummy mummy? Hmm. I think the last one on the list is your mummy mummy. For reasons that will become known to you when you get there. Perfect. Perfect. I'll kick off. Bubble Bobble for Friends. Oh, it's an interesting title, Tom. It's on the Switch. It's only out in Europe, though, so American cousins have either already got it or anticipating it greatly. comes out November 19th. The popular dragons, Bub and Bob, are back. Bubble Bobble 4 for Friends is the latest game in the legendary Bubble Bobble series from Tato. Play, <laughs> boil and mash and pour in a stew. Uh, play alone. What's or... precious? <laughs> uh, oh, forget. That's a bubble bobble game. Includes the original bubble bobble arcade game from nineteen eighty six. Um, Tom, football manager, twenty twenty PC. Who's this for? He's listening right now. I don't know. You're you're practically related to him. The football coach from the village. <laughs> don't make me create more characters. No, I don't want you to. 
I don't want you to. Football manager out online. Do you know Tom FM? Do you remember him? Loyal listener, sponsor of the news in the early days when we needed sponsors of the news. Tom FM. He is about to have a boosted intro into his YouTube channel because Football Manager 2020 is out. He's your blood relation, yet seemingly he's dead to you. Run your football club your way. Every decision counts in Football Manager 2020 with new features and polished game mechanics rewarding planning and progression like never before. Empowering managers to develop and refine both your clubs and your own unique identity. There's only space in my brain for one, Tom. And that's, that's me. me. <laughs> Google Stadia, Founders Edition, November 19th. Play Stadia with the Founders Edition. Get access to Stadia and three months of Stadia Pro included. Combine Chromecast Ultra with Stadia Controller to play in up to 4K on your TV and also play games on Stadia across all supported devices. Tom, sit yourself down here because we're just going to have to let the Switch owners know they're going to have to wait a couple of days to get their hands on <laughs> this hot potato narcos rise of the cartels comes out on pc and ps4 if you want to bag yourself an exclusive november 19th finally limps onto the switch november 21st something tells me this has a hallmarks of a disaster narcos rise of the cartels is allegedly a brutal turn-based action strategy game based on the hit netflix tv series explore the entire first season from two sides each with their own unique story. Nice. You've got my mummy mummy, which is unfair. You can have it. Shenmue 3, PC, PS4, November 19th. Shenmue 3 sees the eagerly anticipated continuation of the epic story-driven saga. Take control of Ryo Hazuki, a teenage martial artist. Martial artist? Martial artist. Martial artist. Martial artist. Determined to unravel the mystery behind his father's murder and to extract revenge on the killer. World Rally Championship 8 out on the Switch US November 19th uh, with 50 teams, 14 rallies and over 100 special stages in the 2019 season. World Rally Championship 8 has the deepest content ever (laughs) included in an on-off-road racing game. (coughs) Children of Mortar, Switch November 20th. Children of Mortar is a story-driven action game about an extraordinary family of heroes. Lead the Bergsons with all their flaws and virtues against the forthcoming corruption. Will you be able to sacrifice everything to save the ones you care for? Does that not entice you in any way? Nope. Okay. Gear Storm PC, November 20th. You're an elite exo-marine dropped on an alien planet. Don't just survive, make war. Build or dig your base, mine for resources. Team up with other exo-marines, make AI clones to work for you, and use advanced military weapons and vehicles to dominate other players, hostile species, and other inhabitants. Okay. Black Future 88, November 20th. Black Future 88 is a synth punk roguelike action shooter. Vertically climb an always evolving procedural tower to reach the top and kill its insane owner. Before your heart explodes, shoot, slash, dash, and upgrade yourself to, the, if, to survive the endless waves of homicidal AA traps and colossal wardens. Farmer's Dynasty up next, PS4, Xbox One, November 21st. Is this like Dynasty Warriors, but with farmers? So that'd be pretty good. Is this like Dynasty Warriors, but with farmers? No. <laughs> Live, build, farm. Enjoy a unique mix of farming, construction, and life simulation that takes you to the countryside and holds plenty of challenging One gameplay. thing I'd say about I've done some research on Farmer's Dynasty. I think if you're a proper farmer, farming simulator is your cup of tea farmer's dynasty sees you just no no 
this is your mummy mummy time do you want to go out with a bang lumberjacks dynasty pc november 21st in lumberjack dynasty you can build your own empire around a fascinating resource of wood forests full of trees are waiting to be cultivated harvested and turned into different products to make your business grow mm. sounds fantastic that i will be taking that home along with the vhs copy of mm, what we got in here let's have a rummage round that looks all right mm, i know what i i know what is it what we're taking home megaforce megaforce good should good. we get it shall i go and get it out of the boot and show it to you yeah, I've never heard of it, so I'm excited. Look out, Ray. I'm coming, Ray. You've probably got it here with that copy of uh, Downton Abbey from Mumsy. Go on, Ray. He's probably already rented it out, hasn't he? Are you sure he's got it? He has to have it. He promised me he would have it this weekend because Mumsy asked him to make sure he had it ready to go. What's the other option, if not? Uh, Backdraft. Oh, with Kurt Russell. Yeah. That's a classic. Okay. Did you know that's had a sequel? I didn't know about that. Yeah. Got uh, Stephen Baldwin in the sequel as well, so it's carrying on the story. What you're telling me is it's not very good, is it? <laughs> I think it'll be a straight to Stingray. Hey, hey, look at this. I didn't know. Backdraft is a Ron Howard film. Is it? It's a Ron Howard film. Ron Howard of Happy Days? Yeah. Excellent. Of um, so one breath of oxygen and it explodes in a deadly rage. And didn't he do Apollo thirteen as well? Yeah, he's done some real good films in the nineties. He's done loads of films. Good guy. He's a great guy. Just a great guy. He's just a great guy. Lives in the village. Is that us? Oh, we better ask each other what we're hoping to play. Oh God, I remembered. <laughs> what are you hoping to play? You don't ask me till I've asked you. Well, I'll do, uh, let's do it the other way around. What am I open to play? But I've got to remember to ask you. You have. Let's roll reverse. Okay. What am I open to play? I'm open to play Shemmy 3, Death Stranding. Uh, Peace Walker? And a bit more Peace Walker. Nice. It's always good to have a handheld option. I want you to play Peace Walker. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how good it is. I am the stealth king. Hmm. It's not from the Metal Gear era of stealth. Stealth, oh, okay. It's more uh, <laughs> yeah. kick the doors down. The only thing that disappointed me when Strong I was playing Rambo. it, you know, I haven't had the fortune to play Metal Gear Solid Five yet, yeah. but there was a, I watched that video you sent, and there was a bit where he was up against a wall, yeah. the three options presented themselves, yeah. tap to bring him down, and then mm -hmm. when he got a bit closer, as in most modern stealth games, there was a button to swing out from the wall, yeah. grab him, do the move, and fault and recovery him. CQ... CQB is it? CQC. Yeah. But in the handheld one and the earlier Metal Gears, it's not as fluid. So you kind of need to come away from the wall to try and get behind him <laughs> to then do the CQC. Yeah. But you're not sure if you're going to grab him or just try and hit him a little bit. And it's it's a bit, it's not slick. Um, I'm looking forward to playing five. Um, yeah, it's a very good game. I'm hoping... Uh, it's a shame you don't get to see on the new Modern Warfare. They've put on a, it's called like Time Trial, and it's basically a sort of a redo, but in a different building and stuff. Of the, you know, when we recently revisited the original Modern Warfare. Yeah, it's the ship layout, isn't it? Yeah, You've got that yeah, like the shoot house sort of thing. That's pretty cool. 
When you um, finish that game, is that where you do you get to do the aeroplane level from the original? No, sadly. Oh, that's why the story I went was really a few good, episodes actually. ago. You said, "Oh, something happens after the titles," and I went, and you, you "Oh no!" So, I mean, you're never going to play it, are you? And spoilers. Um, we're going to quickly just discuss. So, Modern Warfare One and the new Modern Warfare ends, and Captain Price, the new Captain Price, Priceverse. He's in the Priceverse. He's given this folder. He's given this folder. Uh, for an, a team is assembling and all the team names are the names of the ones from the old Modern Warfare. Mm. Is that it? That's good. Is that it? I thought that that aeroplane level would be better than that. Yeah, I mean, apparently the story mode continues in the Spec Ops mode. I'm not interested. I know you're not. I just thought I'd... Oh, I want you to be interested, but I just oh, find yeah. that that's like the... You've come into Rise of the Skywalker, but if you hadn't read the 16 comics that elaborate the backstory, <laughs> then you were never going to get a good the film. Point. It's a good point. He needs to happen on the screen. Yeah, agreed. I don't want it happen in multiplayer. What if you like? The, yeah, on one of the consoles or the PC or whatever, or maybe it was the maybe the PlayStation or one of the alternates. One of them didn't even get that Spec Ops mode. Mm. That's pants. Yeah. No, no, that's the uh, that's just a. Uh, a game type on the spec op mode it's not nothing to do with the story and I haven't even tried it so I don't know how much it's going to follow the main story it might be like nothing so everyone's going to get access to the full story be it PC yeah yeah it's not on Switch yeah. but PS4 and Xbox yeah. Yeah. no one's walled off no 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 Oh, that, just one of that game mode is walled off one of these consoles yeah I don't PS4's know PS4's got the survival one uh, well I'm sure down. that's sold at least Three extra consoles. Yeah, way to go with that exclusive <laughs> content. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, Death Stranding might pick up Shenmue, but I've just got two. What much are you open to play? Yeah, sorry. Now you can speak. Now I can speak. <laughs> Modern Warfare, Death Stranding. Uh, might try and start the Luigi's Mansion three as well. I'm just struggling at the minute. To... What about Astral Chain? No, the backlog is the backlog till we discuss that next Have week. You, it, Okay. Don't discuss the backlog. Okay. Don't share content. More like shame. Don't bring out a shame. <laughs> shame. Uh, I'm the pro gamer. Is that it? <clears throat> hey, maybe we could build a feature like that with you bringing in like a school bell and you walk behind me as we list all my backlog of games. <laughs> read shame, one name out. Ding, and then you have to read, yeah. it, read out another one. Okay. Yes. I'm up for that. Love it. Well, make sure you tell James how you want it written. I will. Is he old enough to have watched that Game of Thrones? No. So you'll have to describe it to him. I could maybe live action it for him. I think the script's going to end up a little bit like Chinese Whispers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fame. Fame. Why am I reading that fame, Tom? What's going on? Is that cool. it? Are you yeah, done? That's it. I'm done. And that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time, and we look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming, and remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See ya. Hello, welcome to the unofficial DVD collectors. Don't worry Bonanza. about me, Brian. We, I got this. <laughs>
It'd be better if it had air around it. It'd have been straight in there. Yep. (laughs) 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 Oh, sometimes I do think we should probably record some of these. Well, we do. Well, yeah. (laughs) 